Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. My name is Kid Ben Charlie. I do travel across the nation. I minister to kids and families, basically anybody that I can walk up to and say hello to. Why would somebody do that? You do that when you fall in love. When you are young and you get this first girlfriend, you know what you want to do? You want to start talking about her, stay on the phone with her. Boys don't talk on phones, but yet when they get that first girlfriend, seven hours go by. And their friends are like, where were you? Uh, I, I was on the phone. With who, Jennifer? Well, what's up with you and Jennifer? Man, I really like her. What have you just done? You just talked about her. That's your relationship with your father. And if it doesn't look like that, then I want to show you how to pick up the phone and physically talk to God. This is how you do it. Jesus, he just picked up the phone. That's it. He's listening. He's like, yep. Go ahead. What you got? And he'll listen to you for hours on hours on hours. When I was a kid, the greatest thing I loved doing, hey, dad, dad, watch me, watch me. You know what your dad does? Okay. What's that? Uh Uh-huh, yeah, uh uh-huh. Okay, uh uh-huh, yeah, Yeah, I'm watching. So when we do this, this is when you say, Dad, watch me. Watch me, Dad. And he goes, I'm watching you. That's what worship is. It's to say, Dad, look at me. Look at me right now, because I want to talk to you. I want to say, you're my dad. I don't care what anybody else in here says to me. Because trust me, when your dad showed up at the school, you didn't care how crazy you looked. Dad! (laughs) Right? That's what you look like when you see your dad. You're like, that's my dad. Dad can show up in bib overhauls, one boot on. That's my dad. Right? And so, is that how you welcome your dad? I don't refer to Jesus as Jesus. Because he's more than Jesus to me. He's my dad. I talk to him all the time. He's in my relationship all the time. And so I asked him this morning, I said, Dad, what do you want, to, what do you want me to talk about today? What do you want to, what, what, where do you want to go with this? And he said, faith. And I went, wow. That's a big one. Um... There may be things happening in the service that maybe you've never experienced before in your life. I live my life in faith to the point I don't even keep $20 in my pocket. I had $20 this morning. I just gave it back to dad. I don't keep money. Do I need money, Jeff? Do I need money? I don't need money. I don't need, I don't need anything of this world. Only thing I need is Jesus. I don't even keep enough money to change one tire on that big truck out there. If that truck gets a flat tire, that's $1,000 to have somebody come and change it. 
right? So when you all talk about, man, I had to get a tire fixed. I don't want to hear about that. Right? You didn't spend $8,000 on your tires. You might have spent $8,000 on your car. Right? Buy some tires. But I walk in a, in a faith that I know that if I ask my dad for it, and it's for his glory, and it's not for my selfish wants, then guess what? He says, I can trust that kid. And he gives it to me every single time. And I think he wants to show you guys what that looks like and how you guys can operate in that. Okay? So, faith comes by hearing. what? God's word. word. Alright, so that means we've got to hear God's word today. Somebody that's not a leader, meaning somebody that's not up here on this stage, that loves to read. Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot. Somebody that enjoys reading, I'm going to have you read something really small. Raise your hand. God bless you. She needs a microphone. Which one does she get? All right. Well, you, can, you can get the special microphone. Come on, sister. Notice I'm giving it to somebody else. Why am I doing that? Why would a guy that comes into the house of the Lord not read it himself? You know why? Because I don't read very well. And God's given me a gift to find people that do things better than I can do it. That's what a leader does. They find somebody else that says, he says, you know what? I'm not good at that. I've tried all my life to read really well. Now I can sit here and I can buzz through this thing by myself because dad doesn't, he's just like, there he goes again. But if I start reading it to you, I'll probably start reading it backwards because it's a dyslexia in me. And if I get really tired, I'll start talking the entire sentence backwards. Now I don't have my wife with me right now. And so y'all be like thinking, he's speaking in tongues, what's he saying? And she's not here to decipher. And you'd be like, what in the world's happening in here? So if you got your Bibles, go to Galatians. And we're going to go to chapter three. And you're going to read entire chapter 3. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly betrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Or are you foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, do you do so by works of the law or by hearing with, let me turn the page, faith. Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are sons who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. 
So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified by God, before God by the law. For the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by faith. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. That's right. To give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuals it or adds it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. That is what I mean. The law, which came 430 years afterward, does not annual, let me turn another page, a covenant previously ratified, by God so as to make the promise void for if the inheritance comes by the law it no longer comes by promise but God gave it to Abraham by a promise why then the law it was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made Amen. and it was put in place through angels by an intermediary intermediary now an intermediary it's implies more than one but God is one is the law then contrary to the promises of God certainly not for if a law had been given that could give life then righteousness would indeed be by the law but the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe now before faith came we were held captive under the law imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. Mm -hmm. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is, neither, there is no male and female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. Come on. Come on. See, we're not going to do one scripture and then work around that scripture. That's the entire promise that's given to us. We now are sons and daughters of the one that creates all things. And he loves us. So, in this room, we have those that have given their lives to Christ. Romans 10, 9 says, you must declare it with your... Oh, that was pathetic. You must declare it with your... That Jesus Christ is your... And if you've ever got that mixed up, he's not your savior before he's your Lord. See, I can save you. You can be out there. You could, young lady clear in the back with the red lipstick and she's got her plaid shirt on. She's back there doing the backstroke. Come on, girl. Come on. Yep, she's doing it. All right, all of a sudden she's doing the backstroke and she's sinking in the water. She can't swim anymore. She can't go any further. But hey, I've got a life preserver. Hold on, girl. Boom. Boom. She's 
she catches it. Now she's going to float. I'm pulling her toward the front. She's coming on up, and all of a sudden, she's saved. I'm now her savior. savior. So now, tomorrow morning, she's going to make me pancakes. <laughs> because I just became her Lord, too. I can tell her anything I want her to do, and she's going to do it, right? Uh, no. She ain't going to be doing that. Right? That's why Jesus has to become your Lord, so therefore he can save you. So many people want him as a savior, but they don't want him as a Lord. Because when, when he's your Lord, that means that you're going to pick up that Bible. And it says, James 1.22, do not merely Listen. to the word. And who is the word? Jesus. Say it like you know it. Jesus. I still couldn't hear it. All right, so if Jesus is the Word, because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh out of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, guess what? They're all God. But one of them said, I'm going to come down here, and I'm going to wrap myself in flesh, and I'm going to save the entire world. And his dad said, I need you to go do it, because you're the only one that can fill the law. We wrote it, and they obviously can't do it. So Jesus comes down and he does that. So who's the word? Jesus. So do not merely listen to. I'm just put his name in it. Do not merely listen to. Jesus. And so. But do what he says. That's why it's so important that you read your Bible. Because it isn't just that New Testament that's the word. It's the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's the entire Testament. Because if you can't get the whole Bible inside of you, then you'll never understand how Jesus fulfilled the entire law. Right. You can't read the book of Leviticus when you're about ready. To, if, you, if you ever had that sleep problem, you can't ever go to sleep, and you're like, man, I just can't sleep at night. You're on Facebook all the time letting people know, how is it I can't sleep? Because you're not reading the book of Leviticus. <laughs> That's the only reason you can't sleep. Because if you want to sleep, read that book. I'm telling you right now, you're going to go to sleep. <laughs> Next night when you have trouble sleeping, pick up where you left off the night before. But when you start reading all that and you start looking at that and you start reading that book and you're like, wow, this is crazy. Now understand this. Jesus did everything to the letter. Didn't fail in any single one of those. Never once became to the point of approach that they might have to stone him because he broke that law. Never. He fulfilled that entire law. He fulfilled over 300 prophecies of him. You, as a Christian, you must declare it with your, that Jesus Christ is your, then he can become your, that's right, because he's your boss, and he tells you what to do. And you must believe it in your heart that who raised him from the dead? You mean Jesus didn't raise himself from the dead? He didn't like flip a switch and go, hey, I can do this by myself, Dad. No, he didn't. God, his father, said, all right, it's time for you to come out of there. Let's bust the door open. Sends an angel down there and says, don't kick it, just blast it. <laughs> Every guard's laying on the ground like, what happened? Where's he at? Man, we're dead now. That's basically what happened. Jesus came out bright and shiny. 
And he's able to walk with his disciples, and they don't even know that he's walking beside them. You know why? He took on that new body. You guys get a new body. You guys know that every one of you inside this room, the body that you have right now, that ain't going to heaven, and that ain't going to hell. It ain't coming back out of some grave because that body that you have can't withstand heaven and it can't withstand hell. Can't withstand any of those directions. But you all in this room are guaranteed that you're going to get a new body. If you go to hell, you're getting a new body. If you go to heaven, you're getting a new body because that body there will never give up. When you go to heaven, guess what? (laughs) Streets of gold. You know, you got these mansions. I don't have a clue what that even means. All right, so you're walking around, you're like, yeah, there's no sorrow, there's no tears. You're like, yeah, this is cool. And you get to do that for an eternity. And you thought the earth was so amazingly cool and you thought all that stuff. And he did all that in six days. He's been doing this other thing for thousands of years. So if you think that heaven's going to be boring and you're going to get in a harp, yeah. I'll see you on the cloud as I'm surfing through. Right, Because every, every moment of every, every second in heaven, this is what's happening. There's four creatures sitting in front of God's throne. Four of these creatures. There's only four of them that God made. He said, I'm going to make four creatures and I'm not going to make one duplicate. You know what? You guys are not duplicates. I don't care if you're a twin. I don't care if you're triplets. I don't care if you are identical because you are not identical. There is no way because God doesn't ever run out of ideas. When he built you inside the womb and he sat there and he and he knitted you and he sang over you physically, you were in God's presence for over nine months. You were held by him. He spoke to you. He, he gave you everything that you're going to have. He told you the path in which he's going to take you down. He sang and he he's like, this one here is the one. Every one of you, he said that. Pick up your thumb. Turn it around. When you were a baby and you were being knitted in the womb, guess how big that thumb was? That thumb could barely fit in the space of my two fingers. And when he did that, he says, watch this masterpiece. And he drew a thumbprint. He's never repeated that thumbprint clear back to Adam. Now you try to make a canvas this this stinking tiny and you've never had on any finger on 10 fingers, you've never had to come up with the same art piece for billions of billions of times you've drawn it. Never once had to go back and go, well, I ran out of ideas. That's not our God. See, I'm trying to show you what your faith must consist of. You must first know him, and once you know him, then you can walk in the faith in which he says, I give you. So in heaven... It works the same way with these four creatures. You know, these four creatures, they each got six wings. They got eyeballs all over them. If you haven't read about this, go to Revelation. It is stinking cool. All right? These creatures are like, yeah. And they sit closer to God than any other thing other than Jesus. Jesus is at the right hand and in front of the throne, these four creatures. And I don't know how tall they seriously are, but could you imagine six wings on these four creatures and they got eyeballs all over them and everything and each one of them has a separate head because he's God he's like I don't want them to have the same head I'm going to give this one the head of a lion I'm going to give this one the head of an ox I'm going to give this one the head of an eagle and over here that last creation we made I'm going to give this one the head of a man 
constantly, never stopping, those four creatures. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. The moment they say it, they look back. They see him sitting on the throne and they see something new about him and they yell out again, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And the moment that they say that and they, they turn back around, they go, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And the moment they stop, they turn around and they never stop this. And he's got this praise and worship all around him. But he's got these four creatures reminding him there's nothing like him. You could have Buddha, you could have any religion out there, but you ain't gonna find one like God. There's only one that came back from the dead. One. There's only one that's fulfilled over 300 prophecies of him coming and fulfilling it. One. There's only one that has signs, wonders, and miracles. One. If you don't see signs, wonders, and miracles, probably because you're not praying for them. Or maybe you don't trust them. We're going to change that today. Amen. I see signs, wonders, and miracles. I saw a miracle when the pastor came out of my house. Because the, the other pastor that showed up, they're all standing outside. And I saw the most craziest thing in my entire life. I'm not putting the pastor underneath the bus, but we're just going to put this right there out there. I got three men standing outside my house. I'm like, what's going on? Come on inside. My brother Jeff goes, oh, he's allergic to cats. What was the other brother's name? Okay, so he's standing outside, and I'm like, what? And then I looked at Jeff, and I looked at the pastor, and I said, who's anointed him in order and prayed that crap off of him? (laughs) And that's how I said it. Because that stuff don't come in my house. I don't have ailments in my house. I don't have kids come into my house that ride in on a wheelchair and expect to ride back off of on it. I expect them to walk off of that truck. I don't have kids that walk into my house sick and then walk out sick. That don't happen in my house. I don't walk in that. And you shouldn't either because you have something that no other religion has out there. You have one that came back from the dead and he said, you'll do these things and even greater things. You know what? I never once read in the Bible where Jesus healed somebody because they're allergic to cats. But you know what? I prayed for somebody and he did. Because he came into my house and after he's in there for three and a half hours, I said, how's that allergy working out for you? He ain't got no itchy eyes. That don't happen in my house. I don't let that come in my house. My house is anointed on a daily basis, but I trust and I have faith in the things in which I read and the things that I hear from God's great word. And when people come into my house, I have a testimony of that goodness. And I say, let's eat. And that's what these brothers did. We live out the book of Acts, and that's what we did when they came to the house. They came inside the house, I made them a meal. And as we made a meal, we shared stories of God's goodness. We shared the word of God. And then we took out testimonies, and we're like, man, this is what's happened, and this is what's happened. We prayed for one another. A brother gets healed. He, can't, he can walk around a cat now. Praise God. That's living the book of Acts. Now, 
What if, what if somebody else was in there and they were not a believer? See, that's what the signs and wonders are for. They're not for this house. It isn't for you guys to congregate in here and go, man, we have these massive signs and wonders inside of our house. No, it's meant for out there because if you start having them in here, the place ain't big enough. And guess what? You got to get out of the barn. The gospel isn't big enough for a building. And that's why you got to start walking in what you believe. So now we're going to look at faith. What is faith? She didn't do it wrong. I do the same thing on a daily basis. Bonk my head, fall asleep. Man, what's the deal? You did a good girl right there. <laughs> so let's work on your faith. Why do I get to see so many healings? Why do I get to see a man riddled with cancer? And he called me. He said, I'm still alive and there's nothing in my body. I was at a camp. I do free camps. I take kids to camp because they can't afford to go to camp. But you know what? My dad can afford a camp. Dad, where are we going to put up a camp? I find a field. We set up a camp, and I let everybody know we're having a camp. And they're like, what are you supposed to do? How, how are you going to do that? You ain't got no money. I don't need no money. My dad's got everything I need. Dad, how are we going to do the camp? All of a sudden, somebody shows up with bounce houses. Somebody shows up with food. Somebody shows up with all this other stuff. Great. We have a camp. Now we've got two, 300 kids coming. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Right? One of the counselors that comes, he's like, man, I want to come and serve with this thing. I, this is going to be so great. And all of a sudden, he, he looks at every, all the other counselors, and he's like, man, I have this really, uh, I got I to I gotta let you know I got a medical condition. Well, they didn't tell me. I found out later. So he fills out all this stuff, his medical condition. Well, what's his medical condition? He has seizures. You want a milkshake? Give that brother something. Man, that boy could shake it up good. All of a sudden... Kids are in the dining hall. I know. Did he really just say that? I told him that straight up. I was like, dude, when I want a milkshake, I'm giving it to you. And he's like, okay. Because you know why? No one talks to him like that. But yet they think it. And he's like, you just stay it right up. And I'm like, Betty, I'm going to be your friend. I said, I'm going to show you something while you're here at this camp. What happens? It's a lunchtime. Kids are running through the lunch thing. Sure enough, he's talking to somebody, and pretty soon one eyeball starts heading off of that direction, and this eyeball starts heading off into this direction, and, and the person looked at him and said, are you okay, man? Maybe you should sit down. And he sat down, and as soon as he could put his hiney on that chair, he took off like, a, like that little car when you backed it up and went click, and you didn't stop there. You went click, 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 click. That's what he did. He was all over the floor. His body went into convulsions. All these kids are standing around and they're looking at it. And these are street kids. They don't even go to church. They don't, they're not in the church body. But today they're going to see signs and wonders and miracles. And they're going to know that there's a God that truly lives and he's alive. Amen. Because when they came and got me, they said, he just had a seizure. I said, awesome. Oh, that's an answered prayer. Did the kids get to see it? And they're like, yeah. It's like, that's great. We're having a service tonight. We're all sitting down around the campground. Got a little fire going. Got some lights going. Got some jump shirt three bouncing. 
And all of a sudden, I looked at the kids and I went, did you all see what happened to this brother today? And he can't move. You know why I can't move? Because when you go in through one of those, every one of your muscles in your body starts seasoning up and it starts doing things that it ain't designed to do. And it's like running a marathon times eight. He can't move. He can't set up. He can't do anything. And it hurts his body so bad. He's in tears. And I said, don't you dare go home. So he didn't. There was another gentleman there, and he was having a problem, a male problem, and he was in a lot of pain. I said, don't you go home either. And that night, I looked at him, and I said, tell the kids what you can do right now. He says, I can't do anything. Why? Told him about what happens when you go through one of those. He's like, that's what my body's doing right now, and I, it'll take me three days before I can ever move. And I said, is that fair to him? And those kids went, No. And I went, I don't believe it's fair either. And you know what? I have a God and I have enough faith that he'll never have to walk in this ever again. And the kids went, really? I said, yeah. I laid my hands on him and I said, you'll never have another seizure and I command these seizures off of your body and I command every bit of lightning strikes inside your brain to act accordingly to God's brain because you have the mind of Christ in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I touched him right on his forehead. I said, that's done. And all of a sudden he went. I said, go ahead, bend down. Oh my gosh, I can move everything. And I said, yeah, and you'll never do a shaking thing. I should have gave you the milk earlier. <laughs> and then I looked at the kids and I said, wouldn't you want to walk in that? They're like, yeah. I said, then you need to know my dad. I want to know your dad. Great. Let me introduce you to my dad. All those kids gave their lives to Christ. Why? They knew that that young man could not move. They saw, and that man, young man has never had another seizure. He's never had another seizure. He will never have another seizure. That's ridiculous. That's the God in which gives you the authority to be his ambassador when you walk to Walmart. I love going to Walmart. My wife doesn't like going to Walmart with me. But I like going to Walmart. I get people that are like, hey, you want to go after, after, after the restaurant after service? And my wife's like, you know we're going to be there a while, right? Because I'm not going to leave until I've talked to every waiter, probably every cook, everybody inside the restaurant. And God gives me this really cool thing. You know, I'm not no psychic. I can't read your palm. I can't do anything else. But I know the one that sat inside the bedroom when you were sitting on your bed and you were sitting there weeping and crying. And all of a sudden he tells me things. And I walk up to you and I go, when you were sitting on the bed last night and you were wearing this outfit and you were so sad and you said this, God heard you. And by the way, you're, you've got this thing going on with your back. You get the fifth thing on the fifth one, the fifth something. The doctor said you got this thing going on, and, and you're in a lot of pain right now. And the way she just goes, weird. And I went, yeah. I said, do you want to keep that? She said, Did I, was I showing? I was in pain. And I was like, no, you're hiding it pretty good. I said, but you shouldn't have to walk in that. I said, do you like the pain? She goes, no. 
I said, good. I said, do you want to be free of the pain? I can't because I, don't, I can't afford the surgery. I said, yeah, you can. I said, I'm going to give you everything for the surgery right now. Do you want it? You can do that? Yeah. I'm rich. <laughs> she goes, okay. I put my hand on her back and I said, thank you, Dad. In the name of Jesus. No, I said, bend over now. She bent over and she's like, oh my gosh. I said, how come you can't touch your toes? She goes, oh, oh, you got something wrong with your pelvis too. And I grabbed her on her hip. Thank you, Dad. Now go down. She touched her toes. She jumped up. She wrapped her arms around me. She starts screaming. She was running through the restaurant. She's the waitress. She goes in the back. She's weeping and crying. She's talking to all the cooks. There. I can't tell you what just happened to me. And she comes back out, snot running down her face. And, Who are you? I'm a child of a king. I'm his ambassador. And wherever I walk, he walks with me. And when I walk inside of a room, the atmosphere changes. That's who I am. I walk in the authority that he gives me. And I want every one of you to walk in that same authority. This is how you walk in that authority. If you believe this, I declared with my that Jesus Christ is my Lord. And I believe it in my that God raised him from the dead. Therefore, I am saved. And I get to go where? Because he's going to do what? He's going to spread across some eastern sky on this cool white horse. <laughs> and for some reason, while he's coming down, we're supposed to be heading up, and he's going to be giving us high fives as he's heading toward the battle. What if he needed all your faith to join him in the battle? Don't wait on no rapture. Prepare for the battle. We have too many Christians, too many people that say, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, but yet can't even pray off a headache. This is how you, this is how you get to pray off a headache. Let me just get this straight. You guys believe the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard in my life. You guys believe that God, one that created everything, he sends his only kid to come down here. For who? You? You actually believe that? And wait a minute. He takes the sins that you haven't even committed yet because you're not even born. And he said, I'll take those sins and I'll go to the cross just for you. You believe that. You seriously believe that. And then you believe that he went into this, this tomb and he laid down for three days and he started stinking. And then his dad said, okay, it's time. Let him out. Jesus had already gone down the hill, kicked in the gate. <laughs> grabbed some keys, walked back out and said, all right, let's do this. And he walks up to his disciples and he says, hey, everything has been given to me. Heaven and earth, and I have the possession to it and I'm not going to keep it. I'm going to give it right back to you. You believe that. And you believe that all of a sudden, someday, he's going to split across the eastern sky because I'm going to go away to prepare a place. But where I am, you may be also. Really? Oh, wow. 
I get to walk on streets of gold and I get to do all that stuff. And you got your angels in your, in your, in your house and you got your little, your fishy on the back of your car and you got your little church shirt on says, I'm with C's, I believe. But yet you can't have the faith that you can pray off a headache. If you believe all that, you ain't seen none of that. Because faith is believing something that you cannot yet see, but know that it's coming. I know my dad's coming back for me. I know that my dad talks to me on a day-to-day basis. I know that I walk in power and authority. Because when I go into a neighborhood and the drug dealers go, we don't want you here, preacher boy. I mean, what do you do with that? Well, you just do like Jesus does. Hold up a second. I mean, dude, if you shoot the trigger right now, I mean, you're going to mess up that cool jacket. Here, put it over here. See, now when you shoot, you know, all the mess is over here. I was like, what's up? You're not welcome here. Well, yeah, I am. My dad said I can come in here. He says, wherever my feet tread, I get it. He owns this place. No, he doesn't. This is the project. This is owned by the state. And it's my turf. Well, it ain't no more. Mine. My dad has it. I don't think we got these strings. I'm like, do you even know? Dude, is that your trigger finger? Is that what? I mean, you've got the safety on. That your trigger finger? I tell you what, let's do something. Pull it! What's wrong with you? Nothing. See, there's only, there's only two situations in that right here, dude. You pull the trigger, I get to see my dad, or you get to see my dad. Either way, I'm cool. <laughs> pull it! Dude, you're shaking. I'm telling you, man. See all those kids looking up those apartment complexes and they're sitting there looking at you? They're wanting you to pull it. Pull it, pull it, pull it, man! Just pull it! When your homies put this at your head, you gonna have the same reaction? I tell you what. Why don't you put that in your pocket? I want to serve these kids. And if you don't want to join me, then you get inside your car and you drive off. If I catch you in here again, I'm going to put an angel on you. And this angel, it ain't no Victoria's Secret model walking around her nightgown. It ain't no little baby with a little bow and arrow. It's only what God made. It's a warring angel. He's got flaming eyes. He's got a sword. He can take out an entire army while you're sleeping. And your bullets can't do nothing to him. Test me. What's your choice? Come on, guys, let's go. And they get in their car and they drive off. You know what happens next time I show up in that neighborhood? Hey, don't mess with those kids over there. That man walks in here. Now the drug dealers are like, don't you touch that man. Why? Because they no longer had authority. They know it. Activate your faith. How do you activate your faith? If you believe, you believe you're saved. If you're a Christian, you're Christ follower. You're one that says, I read this Bible and I believe it. I believe that Jesus loved me so much that he died on a cross just for me. For me. He's preparing a place that I can be with him for eternity. He's coming back for me.
He says, I want you to do everything that I did, and I want you to do even better things because you're my son, and a dad only wants his son to do something better than he ever did. You're my daughter, and I only want you to do things better than I've ever done. And I'm going to give you every resource you could ever want to do it. I don't live on money. How is that even possible? People go, well, that truck needs fuel. I'm like, well, my dad doesn't need money to buy it. Well, that's impossible. It's because you don't have no faith. Why well, I never seen one like that? Because you haven't activated your faith. Well, I'm in the Lord's army. Well, you must be in the secret service. <laughs> haven't seen your credentials. Haven't seen you out there on the street doing anything. Secret service is what you're in. I'm like, no. When that brother told me that, I said, my dad doesn't need money. My dad's never needed money. In fact, he said, give Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but give God what belongs to God. That's what he said. Even Jesus didn't need it. Why? Because you can give him just a few fish, and he's like, let's feed a multitude. So when I do camps and there's no food, you know what I tell them? Line the tables. Get the kids ready to eat. <coughs> I've done it many of times. It's really cool when the semi-trucks start showing up and they're like, hey, we heard you're doing a camp out here and somebody bought all these meals and there ain't no place to put them. Well, there's tables and they're already cooked because I said, Dad, we ain't got time to cook food. So whatever you bring, hopefully the bird's cooking on the way over. Need manna from heaven. I looked at the kids and I'm like, we're going to eat. We're going to run you in three sections. Come on in. And they come in and they're like, what are we eating? I don't know. God hadn't showed us yet. And then all of a sudden we get these massive chicken dinners. And it was good. All of a sudden I look at the fuel and I'm like, wow, dad, we're getting down to the red. I said, I'll drive it wherever you want me to go. Where do you want me to go? He told me where to go. I was like, okay, we're going. Don't have enough diesel to get there. I know you know that. And um, whatever angel you put back there, give him a high five for me as he pushes it. I got outside the truck. Well, I don't have my wife with me right now because she's busy on the mission doing something else. And so it's really hard for me. But at that time, she was with me. And I was like, well, love, you get the inside, I'll get the outside. She says, okay. Go outside. Doing things. This gentleman, he's got a white pickup truck. Brand new, 2018. It's a four-door, eight-foot bed. Chevy Silverado. Brand new. Pretty looking thing. He walks up to me and goes, hey, I wanted to know if you could help me out. I'm like, mm, I got tools. He goes, no, no, no. He says, um... Uh, I'm, I do this, uh, I'm part of a company and we're doing some restructuring and stuff like that and we do things in the oil field business and um, we, we lease three of these trucks. And I was like, good for your company. 
And he's like, yeah, but we got to return a couple of them because we're, we're doing some restructuring. We just don't need them all. But I have to return like this one, and it's got to go back tomorrow. And I was like, cool. It's got all this equipment on the back of it, like these ramps that went clear up over the hood and everything. And I was like, I said, I got tools. He's like, no, 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 I don't need tools. He says, my problem is, is see, I've got this transfer tank in the back of the bed, and the transfer tank doesn't have webbing in it, so you can't lift it full, so I've got to empty it, and I can't get rid of this diesel. Can I pump this diesel inside your truck? <laughs> is it farm diesel or is it road diesel? I don't know, it's road diesel, and I've got brand new filters, and we'll filter it too, so we'll make it cleaner than the gas station ever had it. I said, cool. Well, I can't, can't tell you no. He said, I've got to help you. Open it up, tapped them off, diesel to the point that they're filling over my tanks. All right, that's a good 780 bucks in diesel. That's how much it costs to fill my truck. Don't want to hear about you going to the gas station. Oh, man, I spent $80 on gas today. Don't want to hear about it. All of a sudden, he, he's done. He's putting his hoses away, and he looks at me, and he goes, man, I sure appreciate you helping me out. Gets inside of his... <laughs> Gets inside of his truck and drives off. <laughs> I looked at my wife and I said, only our dad can do that. Amen. God doesn't need no budget. I pray that this activates your faith. Because that's what the testimony's for. If you want to check my testimonies, I give you witnesses. Because there should always be two or more. And I've always got at least 20 that see it happen on the spot. Otherwise, it's just a story. You know what all the other religions have? They have a lot of great stories. They don't have stories. I have a God that created all things sent his son to adopt me to be his ambassador wherever I walk I get to I get to see the glory of God but it's not meant for this house it's meant for you as individuals it's meant for you to open up your home it's meant for you to invite somebody over for dinner and as you start sharing your stories of God's goodness in your life all of a sudden they're like I don't know. I don't. Uh, 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 mm. See, here's the problem. Your pastor knew me. He knew of me. There's a lot of people out there that know of Kidman Charlie. There's a lot of people that say, oh, yeah, I know Kidman Charlie. Most of them don't know that I speak in tongues. Most of them don't know that I prophesy. Most of them don't know that. I don't have to touch you to heal you because I have enough faith that I can just look at you. <laughs> it gives me enough to read your mail. It's really hard going in a restaurant when you can read people's mail. You see things that happen to them when they're younger and the things they're dealing with in their lives.
it's hard to come inside of a, a barn and, and look at people and you're able to see things inside of them. And I think that well, no one knows that. Really? God does. He sees your struggles. If you'll believe, he'll walk you through it. Sometimes it's not easy. But he will take you through it. We sang a song. And so, this is my dyslexia, so I'm going to rely on you. Waymaker. What's the next? Miracle worker. Promise keeper. Light in the darkness. You know how absolute correct and in the order that is? Think about every testimony that you'll have. Every one that you have. I'll give you one of mine. I'm a 14-year-old little boy. I'd done something the night before I'd never had done in my entire life. I backtalked my mom. I said, but mom. And that was how I backtalked her. I'd never had done that to my mom. My mom was a single mom. And she said that I couldn't do something and I didn't think it was fair. Because I was the man of the house. I was supporting a lot of the household. And I had one enjoyment in my life. And she said I couldn't do that enjoyment no more. She was jealous, basically. And I said, that's not fair. But mom, and that's what I said. And then I saw the disappointment on my mom's face. She went inside, inside another room and she told me, she said, I want you to go lay down. And I want to go for a walk. Whenever my mom went for a walk, I walked with her. I ain't going to let my mom walk out someplace without me with her. That don't happen. But I was ordered. I was not allowed. Wasn't allowed to do it. So I had to obey. I sat on my bed and I watched my mom from the window and I watched her walk out. A little bit later, she comes home. As she came home, I was laying in my bed. You ever been half asleep, half awake? And you're like, you know that, you're, you know that someone's in the room? And you're like, man, I really want to talk and I really want to say something. I really want to do something. But a demon had entered my house. Oh, you didn't think you want to hear that, did you? That demon held me down and put something over my mouth that I couldn't speak to my mom. And everything I wanted to tell my mom, Mom, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mom. My mom did something that night she had never done before. She sat at the end of my bed, and she picked up my covers, and she put them up to my shoulder. She tucked me in the bed. Now I really want to say, Mom, I'm so sorry. I can't. I got something holding me. I'm awake. I can see you're doing all this, but I cannot physically break free to say, Mom, I'm sorry. And I can't move my body. I'm frozen in time. Then she does the next thing that she had never done before in my life. 
She came up to me and kissed me on the forehead. It was the first time my mom had ever kissed me. She got up and she went to my sister and I think she's doing the same thing with her. Something's happened tonight. Next morning I wake up. I honor my mom every single morning. How do I honor her? I make her a cup of Folgers crystals with hot water. <laughs> every morning, I, that's how I made my mom coffee. So I go up to my mom's door. Hey mom, I really wanna to talk to you before I head off to school. There's something I gotta to say to you. I have your coffee. Hey mom, I really want to really want to bring your coffee in and just talk to you for a minute. She had every right not to answer me. Hey mom, it's getting late, and you know the principal doesn't like it when I'm late. I have to pay those fines. Mom, I'm just going to open up your door and we're going to set the coffee down. We'll talk when I get back. I'm going to open up your door now. I never had to open up my mom's door. It's something I would not do. But I had to. I at least had to honor her with a cup of coffee. Hey, Mom, I'm opening the door now. I'm coming in. As I opened up the door, I saw my mom laying on the floor. She had committed suicide. I sat her coffee down. I went over and touched her. She was freezing cold. I didn't know what to do. Waymaker. Miracle worker. Promise promise keeper. Light in the darkness. That is who he is. I run down and I hit 911. (laughs) Lady answers the phone. She goes, medical emergency? And I said, yes. I said, my mom's dead and I don't know what to do. And they said, um, uh, okay, uh, what's your address? I gave her an address, and she says, okay, just um, stay on the phone with me. Don't hang up. And in the back of my head, these numbers start appearing. 366 I'm like, what? And she says, don't hang up. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in my darkness. Hello, Reverend Burke Kaufman, how can I help you? Uh, Reverend, um, my mom committed suicide, and I don't know what to do. Okay. I'll come straight over. Okay. How does a reverend beat an ambulance with lights? How does a reverend get to a little boy's house in a four-cylinder Chevy S10 and beat an ambulance with a V8 engine and can run every red light? And he was 20 minutes further from the hospital. How does that happen? This is before cell phones, people. This man walks inside the door, doesn't knock, 
Walks in, comes up to a little boy. Waymaker, miracle worker. What just happened? A miracle. God just gave me a phone number and a man's at my house. Promise keeper, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll always be with you. Light in the darkness. A man wraps his arms around this little boy and he says, I want you to know something. Jesus loves you. He absolutely loves you. He didn't go to my mom. He went straight to a little boy. And he never once went to my mom. He never once checked on my mom. He went straight to a little boy, wrapped his arms around me and said, Jesus absolutely loves you. He's never left you. He sees you. Because he's a way maker. If you'd have told me I'd do what I do today, I looked at you and I said, you're crazy. That didn't turn me to Jesus. I was like, well, if he did all that, why can't he have stopped my mom from dying? I got real mad at Jesus. I was so mad at God. But you know what? God can take your tincture tantrum. Some of you guys in here have been mad at God. Right? He's a good dad. We all had tincture tantrums with our dad. He knows how to take that. But he also knows how to bring you through it. Through correction. But you have to first come through with repentance and say, Dad, I know that wasn't your fault. And I blamed you for it. I blamed you for that, Dad. And I'm so sorry. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get through this. And he says, let me help you. That's your God. It's a relationship. I know when my dad enters the room because when a song was being sung, which was the guitar, I smelled his fragrance. And I was back there on the steps and I sat and I just, I took it in. Do you know him enough that you know what he smells like? I do. You know him enough that when you hear his voice, you know it's his voice and not another voice? There's going to be an antichrist. There's going to be one. He might already be here. Are you going to follow him? Because he's got signs and wonders and miracles? Or will you know what he's supposed to smell like? what he feels like and the peace of which you get even when everything looks like it's going to fall apart you know what that you know what that is every one of you guys has had God bring you through the most amazing thing every one of you in this room I don't care how old you are any age you've been to that stage and you're like I'm never going to get through this and all of a sudden but yet here you sit because Jesus said, I'll never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. When you start seeing the miracles that God has already done in your life, you'll start looking at the other miracles like, well, he did that. Why won't he do this? If he, if he 
if he can give a little boy a phone number and a man can show up at his door and affirm God's word to him and show me that he was there, then why can't he have a child get out of a wheelchair? How can, well, it must be easy for him to not have somebody allergic to a kitty cat. Dad, I thank you for the opportunity to teach today. I thank you for giving me memories that I had forgotten. I thank you for everyone inside this room. There are some inside this room. And I can't pull that off of them, but you can. You can. You can show them how you were there. That you didn't leave them. You didn't forsake them. And they can start walking. And what you spoke over them when you knitted them in the womb. You can fix the brokenness. Because you, you need an army, Dad, that's whole that's solid so when you come down on that horse we're not going alright we're going to meet you back in heaven we're going to say that's Jesus that he's on his way to the battle and I know what he's done for me and I'm not going there yet I'm only going to go with him so I'm going to follow him into the battle dad I'm asking you to show him how to put on their armor today that they would put on the helmet so tight that the only voice that could get through the helmet would be your voice. And when the enemy comes and tells them that they're not worthy and that God would never use them to do that and that wasn't God speaking to you, they would say, no, I heard it. And I'm going to do it. They'd have their shoes on and they would walk this out. breastplate on protecting their heart the heart that you gave them you're not in this for heart surgery you never once said that you would come and live inside of our heart but you said that you would give us a new heart and that that heart that you would fulfill that heart because it's your heart and then we would see people out on the streets and we would we would activate and do things that we would never think about doing because we have your heart instead of our old wicked stony heart you do a heart surgery because we have a bad heart and you want to give us a good heart let us put on that breastplate to protect that heart let us not pick up the sword and hold it by its blade but to wield the word in the way that you meant it to be wielded that we would know it I'll admit it Satan knows the word way better than I do dad and that's not fair. I want to know it better than him. Because he knows how to twist it. But I want to know how to hold it. I want to know how to slice with it. I want to defeat your enemy. No matter the cost to me. 
that's where I want to see them. I'm to put on their belts today. Hold up their shield of faith. Such a small shield. It's not very big. It's so tiny. Most people can't even see it. But they see the effects of it. Show them the places they've already used that shield. Let their faith grow. That it would be so contagious that somebody else would say, I don't know Jesus like that, and I want to know him like that. That's why you brought me here today. I lift up these pastors. pray this building never becomes a golden calf. I pray, Father, that you move them from this, from glory to glory to glory. That, Father, that you're going to give them the ability to do things that the world's never seen. It's too big. It's way too big for a building. May it be so contagious that maybe, possibly, that people would actually say, that is a Christian nation. And it started in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Thank you for the opportunity, Dad. I pray that today that you're blessed. I pray that you're blessed. I love you, Dad. I so love you. It's in your name, Dad. Jesus, no name higher that I give this prayer. May it leave here as a bubble that reaches the atmosphere that you pull it from the bowl and you say, look at your dad and you say, dad, that's our boy down there and those are all of his brothers and sisters. Let us remind them what we've done with them to bring their faith to go way beyond I ever did because they're going to do things Murfreesboro, Tennessee that I never got to do because I've called them all not just a few but the church may they all come in with a word may they all come in with a song may they all open up their houses and may they all share their stories of God's goodness your goodness to say that's the God that created you that's the God that created me and he's here with us right now. That's what I ask you, Dad. You've never denied me prayer. I don't ask this for me. I ask this for every one of them to glorify your name. That's what I ask. I leave here empty-handed, Dad. I've given everything I've got. I thank you. You alone. Sure, my dad. Amen. I'll answer any question you got. I'll pray with you. I'll stand in the gap for the one that's got the cancer and pray with them. 
you can walk in wholeness. God's called you all to walk in a way that the world can't explain. When you start doing that, see, I don't know if you guys, you guys felt it, but I did. See, I, I paced the room when worship was happening. She was over here dancing. And the presence of God was just swirling around her. She was just having fun. She knows more about God than most of us older people inside the room. You know why? How old are you, sweetie? Eight years ago, she was in God's presence. Eight years ago, for almost a whole, a whole year, a little over nine months, she sat there in God's presence and he spoke over her. And as he sang over her, she remembers that. And so when she hears the music, her only response is to dance. We forget. People say, Charlie, why do you want to teach kids? You know why I want to teach kids? Because he has the ability to speak in tongues. He has the ability to prophesy. He has the ability to be able to touch anybody inside this room. Because you can tell him a story, a flat-out lie about a rabbit or a fat man and he'll believe it but if I tell him about a God that absolutely loves him absolutely loves him and he said that you can do these things and he's done it with little boys just like you let me teach you how and when he sees it happen in my life guess what he he sees it he believes it and when he believes it his faith is way stronger than my faith way stronger because see I'm old. I have to question everything. Taking me a long time to kill this flesh that I don't question. He doesn't question by telling. God said he's going to use you to walk inside the hospital and heal everybody inside every bed. And I get to sit back and watch you do it. I've been with that brother inside of a room. And we just talked about it the other night. Just talked about it. God used, used this, this mouthpiece and, and said, there's a man going to be coming, he's going to be riddled with cancer, and he's going to use every one of you kids to see him healed, and no adult's allowed to touch him, and he's only going to use your hands tomorrow night. That sounds really crazy when you're in a room. It sounded crazy to me. <laughs> I mean, every, every adult in that room went, what in the world did he just say? I said, I don't know the man. But God said he's going to send him. Next night, the usher says, hey, this guy wants to come upstairs. And the way you can get in the room is you got to have something. What you got? I don't have anything. The only thing I've got is a body riddled with cancer. We're waiting on you. Usher him up. I remember when the kids saw the new man sitting in the room and I said, hey, do you guys remember what God said last night? Not Charlie, what God said last night. And they said, yes. What did he say? He said that he was going to send a man, he was going to be riddled with cancer and we we're going to be able to touch him and he was going to be healed. And I said, there he is, he's dying. Let's get started. God sent him, said he would. Those kids still talk about it. That man's still living, by the way. He ain't got no cancer. And no adult touched him. 
but we literally watched a man transform in front of our eyes. And guess what? Those kids have way more faith because they believed. How did they believe? Because God said that he was going to do something. They saw the miracle happen because when the guy showed up, the only thing that could happen that night was one thing. Their faith was activated when the moment that that man walked in the door and all of a sudden there's a man there and I said, there he is, he's dying. He's riddled with cancer. And you should have seen the local net guy's face. He's like, because he didn't know what was happening. He didn't know that God spoke over his life the night before. And God was a way maker miracle worker he was a promise keeper he was a light in that man's darkness that's the God you serve but you gotta walk in there's no reason that you walk into a restaurant and the atmosphere should not be the same it should should radically change when you walk into a restaurant radically not because you have a mohawk Not because you drive an 18-wheeler. Because of the Holy Spirit immersing you to the point that you're overflowing, that when you walk into the room, they go, what's going on over there? When I walk into a space, people are attracted. My wife's like, can we just sit alone? She's an introvert. But people come over and they're like, do I know you? I'm like, maybe. Maybe. You want to talk about your life? My wife scoots over. The atmosphere should change when you walk in the room. You're a Christian. You're a Christ follower. You're an ambassador to God Almighty. An ambassador to walk on this earth that heaven should be down here right now because it lives through you. Why did everybody flock to the hillsides? You know what? Jesus never once invited somebody to the temple. Oh, you know what? You should come to my church. We have the greatest worship time. We have this. Jesus wasn't going, man, you should come to the temple, man. Boy, they get in these great, cool outfits. and Man, we get to see him walk in. No one else can walk past this one part, but it's really cool. That's not what Jesus said. He said, I come for the center. To be out here with y'all. Be with the common man. He's asked you to do the same. He said, everything that I did, I want you to do the same thing. Stop inviting people to church. I'm going to tell you this something right now. All right? That's a word from the Lord. Thou shalt not invite anybody to church. Thou shalt invite people into the kingdom of God. Because when they're in the kingdom of God, guess what? They, who they want to hang out with? They want to hang out with their brothers and sisters. That's why the building's not big enough. But when you invite people to church, you're trying to build a village. God's not interested in your village. He's only interested in his kingdom. If you focus on his kingdom, the village grows. Simple as that. I only focus on his kingdom. And guess what? I get to be a general. And he says, I want you to live in that crazy bus down by the river. And I go, okay, Dad. I'll do it. God bless you guys. Oh, yeah. God, I just pray that our faith would grow today.
God, that we walk out of this place not having ended church, but taking the church to the world. God, that we would have faith that, to believe that you are who you say you are and that we are who you say we are and that we have the authority that you say that we have. God, I pray that we would carry the burden of obedience and let the burden of outcome rest on you. That we don't have to feel like we've got to make something happen, God. That we would just walk simply in obedience and that you are the one that does the supernatural work. But God, you invite us into that fellowship. You invite us into that partnership to be the ones to help build your kingdom. To be the ones to help draw the lost to you, Jesus. To help them understand who you are as a Lord. So, God, even in our own hearts and our own lives, we declare you as Lord. You are Lord. You are in charge. We honor you. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.